0: People who have asked me this, who maybe want to go to medical school, they're pharmacists. I actually don't recommend working if you can help it. Mm-hmm. At the end, you know, you have to match and you wanna match into the, the specialty that you want. And what if you realize that you are very interested in the most competitive specialty and like you don't want work to impact, you know, your chance of matching. <laughs>
1: Welcome to the Physician Pharmacist Podcast, a show designed to shed some light on a very unusual pathway into medicine. I'm your host, Nathan Gartland. I'm a licensed pharmacist and fourth-year medical student. I'm also the author of PharmD to MD and owner of the Physician Pharmacist Company. As this podcast has grown, we have had the tremendous opportunity to broaden our scope and explore other non-traditional pharmacy careers. So PharmD opens so many doors, and by listening in, you will have the opportunity to learn from experts in the field on how to start your journey today. Before we start with today's interview, I'd like to announce that we are actively searching for new guests to interview on the podcast. If you think you have a unique story or interesting life experience related to medicine, pharmacy, or business, please reach out for the potential to be a guest on the show. In today's episode, I have the pleasure of speaking with Dr. Alice Azun, who obtained a pharmacy doctorate from Southern Oklahoma State University in 2018. After working for approximately four years as a hospital and community pharmacist, Dr. Azun elected to go back to medical school at the University of Kansas, where she is currently in her second year of school. So much for being here, Dr. Azun. I really appreciate your time today.
0: Thank you for having me. Yeah,
1: I'm, happy I'm excited. To be here. I think we have a lot to unpack. And let's just start back uh, at the beginning. Can you tell us a little bit more about you know why you started with pharmacy in the first place and a little bit more about where you're from?
0: Yeah, so I was raised in a small town um, in Kansas called Emporia. Um, I graduated high school um, there, and then I gra- actually graduated high school a year early. Um, so I was very young <laughs> when I began my undergrad. Uh, my first year of undergrad, I was at Newman University, which is a small Catholic college in Wichita, Kansas. Um, and then there, I, I kind of got involved in like a healthcare professional club, and I had the opportunity to shadow um, an inpatient pharmacist. Uh, going into college, I really had no idea what I wanted to do, um, but I think that was a good experience for me and a positive one. And so that's kind of, you know, I had that shadowing experience, and I guess I kind of stuck with it. And from there, I pursued um, a farm D. That's
1: awesome. So. Let me just kind of back that up real quick. So did you do a couple years of undergrad? You said you graduated high school early, which is incredible. I don't know. I, I was not a, a bad caliber of a student at the time. Um, so then you said you did a couple years of undergrad. Um, so just to recap, four years of undergrad and then to pharmacy? or did you No,
0: like I actually did. So the school that I ended up going to pharmacy school, they were unique in that they would admit twice a year. Oh, wow. So I did like two and a half years of undergrad. Um, mm. So, like I said, I was at Newman University um, mm. in Kansas. And then my family moved to Oklahoma. Um, and then I ended up moving with them. Um, I had, and I attended Southwestern Oklahoma State University because I got in state tuition. Um, so, That's always helpful. <laughs> yeah. Um, so, no, not a full bachelor's degree. I did two and a half years of undergrad.
1: That's awesome. And so what was like your, I guess, like initial impetus to like join the pharmacy world? Why, why did you pick pharmacy as opposed to maybe some other kind of profession?
0: Yeah, that's a good question. So yeah, like I was saying, I had a shadowing experience that was um, very positive for me Mm -hmm. and I vibed with that person that I was shadowing. Uh, And then to be honest, I don't think I explored other healthcare professions uh, or any profession at all. Um, my mom is a nurse, and then my dad um, was in healthcare management. So I was kind of always um, around healthcare, I guess. I never considered anything outside of that. Um, and then my older sister's a nurse practitioner. So, uh, yeah, I looking back, I definitely think I should have explored other options. I was always interested in medicine in general, but... Mm-hmm.
1: That's awesome. So you kind of had this experience where you said, Mom and my sister have already done the nursing route, so I'm going to go trailblaze something different and explore the pharmacy route. So you went to four years of pharmacy school, and what was that experience like? How challenging was it for you?
0: Um, I would say overall it was a good academic experience. Um, I really liked pharmacy school, and it was... Um, I was always a pretty good student, and... I didn't have to, I mean, I did have to study, but not to the same caliber that I study now to be successful. Um, so I know it's different for everyone, but I would say like, as far as difficulty, pharmacy was like middle of the road for me, um, for my, in my program anyway, I wasn't like um, super stressed or anything. Um, and I feel like I had time to do extracurriculars and things like that. Um so yeah, pretty positive experience overall.
1: So you're progressing through pharmacy and you're obviously enjoying the content. You weren't too, too stressed at the time. What at that point, I guess, were you thinking about doing with your pharmacy degree? Were you interested in pursuing like a residency or a fellowship or were you thinking more just a community route?
0: Um, so I was interested. So before um, APPEs, I was interested in pursuing a residency. I really liked internal medicine mm-hmm. um, or general medicine. Uh, but then my first rotation, my fourth year, I was in a hospital with my preceptor and we would round with like the hospitalist service. And I pretty much knew, um, you know, shortly after that uh, rotation that I was going to pursue medical school because that was really my uh, first exposure to like the physician patient relationship because like I said we would round with the hospitalist service and I would see the uh, physicians interact with the patients and I realized like that was more of a fit for me as opposed to pharmacy I mean I think pharmacists are very underutilized I mean in 2023 the profession is growing but um at the end of the day it's um what a pharmacist do they're great consultants and things like that but I I saw myself working with the patients more directly, if that makes sense.
1: Absolutely. Yeah. I think a lot of students kind of have this epiphany while working in uh, like an academic center, like doing, you know, your Abbey rotations and they, they see this dynamic where you're working with the physician and the team and the patients hands on. And that is a, I think a big deal breaker for some, uh, for some people who are interested in pursuing medicine or the pharmacy, because they kind of come to this dichotomy where what kind of pathway do i want to choose do i want to go down the clinical pharmacy route do i just not want to work in the hospital at all and that kind of takes down the community pathway or alternatively i don't like how this interaction kind of plays out and i want to kind of use my pharmacy knowledge to a next to the next level so that's obviously the consideration of going on to medical so i i love that so you had this initial experience but when did you i guess like did did you go and pursue medicine immediately after this or did you kind of sit on it for a little while
0: no, I sat on it for a little while. I finished up my fourth year, uh, took my boards, passed, started working uh in a small town, like I, I think I mentioned in um Oklahoma. And then about a year and a half after graduating, I started studying like slowly for the MCAT. Um, so this would have been I graduated. So maybe like end of 2019. And then I registered for a course um, and yeah, it was really hard cause I was working full-time. I was working a full-time job and a part-time job and then studying for the MCAT, um, which was not smart. I actually don't recommend that. Uh, so I ended up having to take the MCAT twice. The first time I took the MCAT, it was, it, it was in the COVID era. So I took like the abridged version um, and then the retake was the full eight hour
1: test or whatever. So how how did you even manage all of the stuff and, and what places were you at?
0: Yeah, it was, it was pretty hard. Um, so I was working full-time at a small regional hospital and then part-time retail pharmacy. Um, and I had let my manager or my director at the hospital know, Hey, I kind of, I wasn't very explicit with them. Cause you know, sometimes you just, you have to be kind of tactful with these things and like what you disclose. But all I said is like, I needed an adjustment in my schedule. So I was working a little less like, um, I think it like 36 down to 32 hours or something at the hospital. Um, but no, it was, it was really hard to manage. My uh, Kaplan courses were in the evening. I think they started at six and it would be like six to nine. Um, but then when I retook the MCAT, at that time, I had moved back to be near family. I was still working, but I was down to like 20 hours and taking some post-bac courses. Um, the post-bac courses, you would think like, oh, that's even, you know, even harder. Now you've enrolled in school and stuff. But it, in a way, I was also studying for the MCAT with those courses. Um, I did like 20 hours of like post-bac coursework. Um, and so it was much easier the second time I took the MCAT. Um, And I was more successful.
1: Yeah, there's so much to unpack right there. I think like you're you're 100% right where you have to be tactful with how you kind of address some of these things, especially for individuals who are still in pharmacy school. Once you get out, you have obviously an employer and obligations. So that's like a whole different level of kind of commitment, but when you're in school still too, that's something that I, I come across a lot where you kind of have to be careful of what you're saying and, and who you're saying it to, especially mm-hmm. when you're on your ABV rotation. So that's something to be, to be mindful of. I think a lot of, everyone I've had experiences with has good good experiences kind of finding the right people to kind of mentor them through that. But it must've been, I think even more difficult as someone who had graduated already, kind of lost that, that protective net around you that mm-hmm. faculty kind of serve um, in your education process. And now you're kind of navigating this all by yourself while in charge of a pharmacy, managing technicians, doing all these different responsibilities on top of now I have to go out and figure out what even is this MCAT? How do I even apply to medical school so I, I can understand the, the challenges you, you definitely face? There. And so you were working like 60 hours a week at baseline right there in the beginning and then going mm-hmm. to the courses in the evenings to do this, this MCAT prep. So what kind of, can you tell us a little bit more about like the course you took and like with the structure of it? Was it 10 weeks, 20 weeks, or was it kind of like more of a self-paced course?
0: As far as the MCAT uh, prep? Yep. Ooh, um, it's the one that Kathleen offers. I cannot remember how many weeks it was. I mean, I, it was over a month, I believe. Okay. Um, and it was kind of a mixture, like, you are in charge of getting up to speed with the content and stuff like that and then doing your practice uh exams and questions and whatnot but like i said it was like i think it was every other day during the week um and we would meet like six to nine with the instructor it was really hard because it was online and you know there were several other students it it, for me when i look back it was not beneficial because the second time i took the mcat I did my own questions, you know, without any formal test prep and I did much better. So I think that, I don't know. I don't know if those courses are always necessary. I think if you're someone who maybe lacks discipline and you just want someone to tell you what to do, it's helpful. But as far as like success on the exam itself, I don't know how, you might have a a different experience with them, but I don't know how truly uh, helpful it is to like getting up to speed with content and just, you know, doing well
1: absolutely i think like every person has to kind of individualize their experience i'm someone who kind of lacked the discipline especially while i was still in pharmacy school so i didn't use the course the first time around did terrible on my mcat and then use the course the second time around and this was the self-based i didn't go to any like classes or anything oh, like that. Okay. it was like kind of the, the bare bones model where i just kind of had like all the resources on my laptop and I could just pull up you know, the tabs and watch videos. That's, that's too crazy, but um, I had a good experience with that, but also I was not very disciplined. So I yeah. think that was something that was beneficial for me. So I think everyone needs to kind of individualize it and it's gonna be best for that.
0: What third party did you
1: use? And I use Princeton Review. So that's also okay. another decision a lot of people have to make is do you like Kaplan? Do you like Princeton Review? Do you like mm-hmm. some old third party alternative? UWorld has a course I think now too. Um, So there's a lot of different uh, variants, I guess, of uh, the material that you can do. But at the end of the day, it still requires the hard work. It doesn't matter kind of what structure you're using. It's it's kind of just sitting down and I'm going to do 100 questions each night or I'm going to read a chapter a night and I'm going to actually be motivated to learn the information. I mm-hmm. think that was my challenge and maybe you can relate to where I was thinking, oh, I'm a pharmacist. I I know all this stuff already. Oh, it's going to be so easy. And then yeah. I sat for the test and that was not the case.
0: <laughs> no, yeah. Cuz a PharmD curriculum, I mean, what the MCAT tests is, you know, like basic, it's more like basic uh sciences. And mm-hmm. so, yeah, I was thinking a very I was thinking similarly like, okay, you know, my farm day kind of set me up like I had chemistry courses in the past, but it was it was not what I
1: expected. Yeah. And some of those courses we had taken were five years ago, you know, before, at yeah. the time when you were taking it, it might have been even further than that. Yeah. Um, and so a lot of that material was kind of put out of mind as well as pharmacy exams. And maybe you agree, too. It's a lot more like rote memorization where you look at this. You have to know everything about this drug and everything on the page about it. And you recall that on the exam versus for maybe the MCAT to kind of provide like another example, it's more like you n- understand the framework of like how a cell works, now apply that principle to a completely new scenario and yeah. extrapolate the meaning from that. So, if that makes sense, I don't know. Absolutely, that... yeah. <laughs> so, it's a whole different beast. I agree. Um, so, anyway, so obviously you took this course the first time around, the MCAT didn't go too well, and I personally haven't gone through that. It's very demoralizing and I think that it's very challenging to kind of tell yourself, how do I continue on after this? Like, I, I took this massive test, I put all this effort and time into it, and it didn't turn out. So, tell can you tell us a little bit more about what that experience was like for you and kind of how you got back on the horse?
0: The yes, Nathan, you're right, it's very demoralizing. <laughs> and you know, I almost wanted to give up, or like, I at the end of the day, I, need, I knew I wanted to be a clinician that worked more directly with patients. So, after that, I actually was considering PA school briefly. Um, but then, you know, I kind of had a real conversation with myself and I, you know, I, I think I really did appreciate the autonomy and the, um, the different paths you can take in medicine. It was really hard. Um, I had, I had to have some, you know, deep conversations with loved ones and stuff and, and they motivated me. They were like, Alice, I think this is what you really want. You should just try again. Mm-hmm. Um, which I'm gl- obviously glad I did. Cause I had a, a significant improvement and
1: my score so Uh, i love that i mean having the obviously the motivation to to kind of do it and i think when i first got my score i was disappointed upset and then i was angry i was like come Mm -hmm. on like i we can do better than this like what what happened here (laughs) did i even read the test like i don't did i close my eyes and just skip a section or something (laughs) so i I was pretty frustrated with my initial score so i think that also kind of like motivated me it's like i i at least need to do a little bit better on this test to say like i'm not going to let the mcat beat me yeah, um, and I think maybe you share the same uh, kind of sentiment as well. But obviously, having a good support network means everything too.
0: Mm-hmm. Definitely. So,
1: so you went through through the MCAT a second time. You were a little more independent, as you were saying. With this, you didn't really use the course, but you kind of used the principles and the things you learned from taking the test the first time,
0: mm-hmm. and
1: applied a lot of that information to your second attempt. You learn a lot, obviously, when you when you fail. So I think that's mm-hmm. a, that's a huge step right there. So you took the MCAT a second time everything turned out a lot better. What was the next step for you at that point?
0: Yeah, at that point, I knew I had a competitive score. So, uh, and I think the second time I took it, I'm trying to remember the date. I think it, I still took it in the spring. So I, I think I took the MCAT almost a year apart, like mm-hmm. the spring of 2020, where I think they have the abbreviated version, and then the spring of 20. 21 when, when it was back to normal uh, back in March. So at that point I knew I was competitive to apply and the application cycle was coming up, I believe. Um, so I reached out to former mentors that I had um, asked the first time to give me a letter of rec, which were actually two pharmacy professors I had. Um, and then this last time, like I mentioned, I was also taking post-bac courses at a college nearby and I asked a genetics professor who I, I think I formed a good relationship with and I did well in his class. And he actually said he would be able to write me a strong letter of recommendation, which I was actually surprised. He said yes, because we didn't have like a well-established relationship, but I mean he did so
1: We go through a lot to, to get to this point and i'm curious to know a little bit more about like what is the post experience like and and how did you it sounds like it obviously turned out very well because you got a strong letter of recommendation through that experience um would you recommend like a post back to everyone and and what what kind of circumstances would you consider not doing
0: so that's a good question i don't necessarily recommend a post back to everyone so I, I and also i just want to make it clear what i did was not like a formal post back. i did my own like. Um, I picked certain classes that I wanted to take, uh, just for different reasons. Like, so for example, I took sociology, which is a three credit hour, just because I didn't have enough of the social sciences. Mm. Um, I took genetics because I noticed that on my, uh, first time I attempted the MCAT, I got a lot of like genetics in the bio
1: That's my kryptonite.
0: section. <laughs> um, so yeah, I took genetics, uh, and then I, I retook physics, um, because for pharmacy, physics was required, but I believe I only took one physics course without a lab. So I retook, I did that. Um, because my GPA was actually very competitive, um, you know, way above average when you look at the average matriculate uh, matriculation GPA. Um, so when it comes to post I know everyone's different, but I would recommend them to people who um, either you have a huge gap in your education or you had a poor GPA, um, like a formal post-bac. Yeah, for me, I just did 20 hours of undergraduate coursework that I thought would benefit me or meet requirements for certain schools, if that makes sense.
1: Because you, after you take the MCAT, you're like, "Wow, I'm done," and that's, you know, I click the apply button and I, I'm ready to go, and that's not quite the case at all. Mm-hmm. Um, so I also had to take physics uh, two as well. So I was taking that while in pharmacy school to kind of make sure I. I did it oh all. wow
0: you took it in pharmacy school
1: yeah I took it um, I actually <laughs> enrolled in a saying. different university because it was going to be cheaper than uh, my pharmacy credits um, but didn't because uh, I was already kind of locked in for things so I ended up taking 22 credits that semester while studying for the MCAT so it was uh, it was a fun wow. time Wow <laughs> probably That's not tough. as bad as med school but still it was yeah. uh, it was a good time
0: <laughs> still tough yeah.
1: So, um this is another question I like to ask uh, and you have a obviously you had worked for a few years, so there's a lot of things that kind of go into just going making this massive decision to go back to med school uh, and one of those is financial. I think it's important to kind of address some of those things so you had been working for four years and you had been making a pretty nice salary at that time, I'm assuming, as just a national average for pharmacists. So like, what kind of planning did you put in in place to kind of account for the fact that you're gonna now be working a full-time, as working as a full-time medical student and not as a pharmacist?
0: It's a huge decision to make. Luckily, I didn't have that many um, loans from pharmacy school. Um, so I was starting off my medical career or yeah, like my journey in medical school debt-free from my PharmD degree, but I also lived very frugally. Like I mentioned, I pretty much knew my last year of pharmacy school that I wanted to go to medical school. So once I started working, I didn't spend that much money. I had a really cheap apartment for like less than $600 a month. And yeah, like most of my paychecks from the two jobs I was working, I was saving, Mm -hmm. um, you know, with the hopes of going back to medical school.
1: That's the cheat code. (laughs) Yeah,
0: I I got, I was really fortunate, um, Mm -hmm. like to have the financial confidence to do that. And, uh, but it, it has been hard. Like here in Kansas city, I actually have a home. Um, and so, you know, I pay a mortgage, things break down recently. My furnace broke. Um, (laughs) so it's very expensive. Uh, yeah. And I, I honestly, I do work weekends as well. So Mm -hmm. it, it is very hard, um. And I don't know if this is what I recommend for everyone, uh, but I think with my personality, I'm pretty, uh, pretty motivated, I, will, I would say.
1: That's fantastic. And, and so you also said that you've been working too. And that's another big question people ask me all the time is, will I have time to work in medical school as a pharmacist? And I've always told them like, yes, you, know, you, have, you found time as a ph- in pharmacy school to work as an intern or do other things and extracurriculars. So you, you have the same opportunities in medicine. So, what has that been like for you uh, working on the side while in medical school?
0: Um, so, I'm going to be honest for me, Nathan, it's been pretty tough. Um, I <laughs> actually, people who have asked me this, who maybe want to go to medical school, they're pharmacists. I actually don't recommend working if you can help it. Like I mentioned, mm-hmm. I have a house and stuff, I have a mortgage. So, um, it's a little different for me, but if you if you don't have those binding things or if you have a family, I understand. Uh mm-hmm. but you know, if you don't have those things that bind you, I actually recommend against it cuz at the end of the day like you're trying to be as successful as possible and medical school is a little different than pharmacy school like you know, you at the end of the day you're getting a degree to get a job. Mm-hmm. At the end, you know, you have to match and you want to match into the the specialty that you want. And what if you realize that you, you know, are very interested in the most competitive specialty and like you don't want work to impact, you know, your chance of matching. Luckily it's been fine for me. I've been able to um do well on all my classroom exams and and things like that. But STEP is coming up. And so I don't know. And I would love to hear from you like how it was for you because you're a little further in your uh medical school career than I am. But you know, I don't know if I can necessarily work during dedicated and things like that. So um it just depends if you have to work and or you know or if you want the extra you know money that's fine but like i i would say like don't feel obligated to work just because you have um a pharmacy degree or a li- pharmacy license you know if you want to focus more on school that's fine
1: yeah i think there's a lot of great points that you were kind of discussing right there and you brought up the the importance of obviously the, your number one priority at this point is to get through medical school and to be competitive for residency and it's the dichotomy between pharmacy school and medical school is that at the end of the day, like if you were a pharmacist, you're going to pharmacy school, you can graduate and you don't need a residency to practice. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Uh, as an alternative for medicine, you need that residency or you will not be practicing. Now, there obviously are some subsets where you can go with consulting, um, but sure. that's a very, very small subset of people. And that's usually elective. It's not necessarily someone who didn't match and then goes into that. Right. Um, So, you know, not getting into the weeds on that. So I think you're 100% right. As someone who has worked, and I worked a lot in med school, um, especially the first two years, I worked around 18 hours a week or so. And that was, it was quite a bit. Um, Granted, I was also working in the middle of COVID. So I think a lot of things in my curriculum kind of adapted to COVID, where they cut more classes, they made things more user friendly and online setting. So it made it a lot more, I guess, easy for me to kind of go go to the pharmacy provide some vaccines for six hours and then come back yeah um, it was a lot more flexible at the time so i think there's a also it can be challenging especially and you could probably relate to this like coordinating your schedule i've had yes. times where i've forgotten i had a shift and i was like oh my goodness like yes. i'm in the wrong city right now and i have to drive back <laughs> yeah um so you know everyone's been super wonderful and, and flexible that i've worked with uh so they understand like there's a lot going on but It's uh, There are times where I've definitely struggled to kind of coordinate and figure out like where I need to be and what I need to be doing. And and I'm sure I'd like to hear what you think. It's also, I think, tough to switch the mindset of being a pharmacist and in charge and verifying prescriptions and doing your job. I've been switching and now the next 20 minutes or you go home that night and you're a student again. You have 15 chapters to read. Um, So I think that's a weird kind of experience. Uh, I don't know how else to describe it.
0: Yes, absolutely. Like, I couldn't agree more. It's so, and then at the end of the day, like, I almost feel like I'm middle of the road at best, at both things, because it's like, like you mentioned, it's like you're at the workplace where you're leading a team, technicians, interns, whatever. Then you go home and you're a student and, you know, you, you're maybe emailing a faculty member about a question you have on a PowerPoint or something like that. Like, it's just, it's just such a weird. Yeah. Balance. Yeah. At the end of the day, I just kind of feel like I'm half-assing both. I don't know if you've ever felt that way, but
1: at sometimes certainly where i'll have like a slow moment and i pull up you world and i'm doing questions in the pharmacies and people are like, what are you doing yeah <laughs> um so it's definitely kind of an interesting experience nonetheless but at, at the end of the day i think it needs to be individualized if you have financial commitments that's something you got to do alternatively mm-hmm. um i think another question that comes up is does this make you more competitive on the application trail so that's something that I've actually asked a bunch of residency program directors over time. Um, So granted, I am applying into one particular specialty. There are other specialties. It doesn't necessarily apply to all of them. Um, So what I've been told um, is that a lot of people appreciate individuals who have work experience. Sometimes there's medical students that come through who've never even held a job before. So that's something that I think can highlight that you can highlight on your application that kind of adds a unique factor where, oh, I work in medical school. People are very impressed when they hear about that because no one works in medical school. You're probably the only person outside of maybe a couple of people who pick up, like, babysitter shifts or, or work or bartend or something. Um, so that's something I think that can help bolster your application. Just another kind of line on your application. Say, I worked throughout the first two years of medical school. Now, it doesn't necessarily have to mean that you have to kill yourself over it either. So maybe picking up a shift here or there and maybe not working every other weekend for, Two years. Um, so, what they've told me is that that definitely helps you, but it doesn't necessarily define you, or it doesn't, you know, kind of solidify the case. And that's that's what I've come to know is like it's helped me. I've made some additional money, which has been great to, to help with, uh, you know, the financing and, and doing all that stuff. Um, but at the same time, if I, I guess, I had regrets and I could go back, I think I would have worked a little bit less and focused a little more on research experiences or other things that kind of. I, I kind of hit the check mark already for what I needed to do for re, kind of working experience. I did enough work. Now I should have probably shifted over instead of doing all this work and done more you know less research at the time. So just kind of my two cents in the experience. Um, but I think it like you were kind of saying, it kind of needs to be individualized to what your needs. So anyway, so kind of transitioning to the, the next segment. you obviously got into medical school. It's very, very exciting. What has your first year and, I guess, into your second year now been like so far?
0: Uh, Yeah, so we have kind of an integrated uh, curriculum, but we have blocks. Um, We have flipped classrooms, regular lectures, and then we have like small group uh, meetings. Um, So in pharmacy school, it was, at least the program I attended, it was primarily lectures, um, and they weren't every day. Um, And so in medical school, there's something going on pretty much every day, whether it's a um, CBCL, a PBL, lectures, um, or like clinical skills. Um, So it's just the the time commitment is a lot more, as you know, um, and the material is a lot more dense, not necessarily more conceptually difficult, but just so much like magnitudes higher um, compared to pharmacy school. Uh, so I've learned that what I was using in pharmacy school to be successful, um, you can't do in medical school. I'll also say that like in pharmacy school, I never had to use third party resources for anything. And in medical school, that's very typical. Um, so yeah, that's the main difference. Um, the studying technique uh, and just the, ma- the amount of material is different. And I've noticed in medical school, you have to do questions in conjunction with just like studying um, to really succeed on exams. Whereas in pharmacy school, I could just study the lectures. I, I never did questions before the exam and I would do fine.
1: Yeah, that's a really interesting point. I, I never really thought about that, but you're 100% correct. I've done so many more questions throughout medical school compared to pharmacy school, just uh, the sheer number of questions and practice you have to do throughout the experience. Um, so that's, I think that's a really good point. And then uh, it's kind of like what a lot of people say, it's drinking through a fire hose. <laughs> so it's uh, pretty overwhelming at times, but you get through it. And so what is something that you're really looking forward to in medical school?
0: Um, I'm honestly looking forward to passing step and starting clerkships just because didactics gets old (laughs) after a while like i'm i'm ready i'm ready to start doing what i came to do which is like see patients um yeah so that's what i'm excited about just the actual pain patient interaction at this point
1: yeah that's that's a really good point it it definitely gets old and you're you're very kind of tired especially after doing four years of Uh, pharmacy school in the classroom setting and then you transition get out for a little while work for a few years and then all of a sudden you're back in the classroom again and you're just thinking to yourself what happened how am I here um so I'm I'm glad and third year is a very fulfilling year it's also a very challenging year um so I'm excited for you to, to get that first-hand experience to see what it's all about and so kind of we're getting towards the end of our interview right now, but I'm curious to know what kind of a uh, doctor are you looking to become?
0: Um, so I began medical school wanting to be a hospitalist because like I mentioned, that was my initial experience um, as far as watch observing what a physician, the interaction between a physician and their patient. Um, and then also while I was a pharmacist, I had the opportunity to shadow Um, some internists as well. Uh, But I will say, as a second year medical student now, my interests have changed a little bit. Um, So I I actually don't know, as far as specialty, I'm not sure what specialty I'm going to pursue. I'm hoping that third year opens my eyes a little bit. Um, But as far as practice, once I'm in attending, i I don't know if I want to work for a huge academic center. I feel like there's a lot of politics. I mean, there's going to be politics wherever you work, Um, but I know that I want the opportunity to teach because I really do like teaching um, students um, and mentoring. So um, maybe working in the community, but having uh, maybe a medical school associated with a community hospital or a residency program or something like that. I don't know if I want to be in a big... Uh, urban area like i am now but we'll see
1: time will tell time will tell and i think it's also like you were saying something where you will get through your third year experiences and you don't know anything about like what some of these specialties entail like for instance when i started i had never even seen what an operating room was like at that point i had only seen internal medicine um and so that was something i think that you're gonna have like a very cool experience where you get to see all this really unique surgical cases, all these different centers. You might love pathology, who knows, you know, so there's a lot of different things that uh, you'll have the opportunity to explore. So you're, you're going to be in good shape for sure. Well, all righty. So we've, we're coming to the end of our interview at this point in time. And I just want to ask you kind of our final question that I ask to everyone um, who is progressing through the medical school journey, who has also made this transition. Um, but essentially what are your personal, professional or business oriented goals that you'd like to accomplish in the next five to 10 years?
0: I want to graduate med school, be in five years, I'll be a resident in some specialty. Um, you know, ultimately just like everybody else, I do want financial independence. I don't want to be bound by debt. Um, but uh I don't know. I I have thought about things like private practice because of the flexibility and things like that. But I I do think it's harder these days for physicians to have private practices. So uh I'm not a hundred percent sure, Nathan, as far as what I want in the future. I mean, I know I want to be a good doctor. Um and you know, I have thought of, you know, I I do want to find a specialty where I can somehow Incorporate my previous degree, um, I feel like I would be an asset to the field that way um, but uh yeah i'm I'm not sure as far as you know I'm not necessarily like a business oriented, so I don't know if I'm the best person to ask that question to. but ultimately, you know after all is said and done once I'm in attending and stuff I, I do want to work towards paying off debts um and uh yeah i, I want to be able to work and be happy at my job um and not feel bound by like oh i have to do this for this reason
1: so that's, that's a great point and i think as someone who's kind of was previously in the trenches all you can think about is making it to the next day and getting to the end of the getting through medical school and then getting through residency so it's kind of hard to kind of see the the big picture, especially when you're down there, is still in the library study. So I totally understand that for sure. Um, so I think a, a lot of good things are coming along the way, and I'm, I'm really excited for you. Um, and so I guess at this point, we've kind of come to the end of our interview, and I'd like to thank all of our listeners for the support. Um, if you have any additional questions about the medical school journey, please check out my website at www.physicianpharmacist.com. As a reminder, we are actively looking for additional podcast guests to interview on the show. That's how Dr. Uh, Azun actually found this podcast. And they a, were watching YouTube and had the opportunity and reached out to me directly. And now we're having this wonderful conversation. So I want to encourage anyone who's got like a unique story or ha- kind of has a similar experience that they want to share with the community. Reach out to me and we'll, I'd be happy to set it up. So before we let you go, Dr. Azun, how can our listeners get in touch with you or learn more about you?
0: Uh Yeah. So you can get in touch with me. Um, my personal email address is just my first and last name at gmail.com, aliceazun, um, A-Z-Z-U-N, at gmail.com. Um, I really love mentorship. So if you do have any questions, just reach out to me and I can answer as best as I can. Um, I'm especially passionate about, you know, uh, mentoring people who are non-traditional like myself, because that's the story I can speak to. So I'm glad to help.
1: Fantastic. And kind of going back to your academic career goals and stuff, where I think it would be so cool to be like a preceptor, like a pharmacy preceptor and, and doing all the appe rotations while being a medical like clerkship preceptor. So kind of creating like a hybrid rotation where we can kind of combine the two two specialties. I think that would be kind of a cool cool experience. All righty. Well, thank you so much again for being on the podcast. I recognize you're an extremely busy individual. Uh, I know you have a lot on your plate right now, so I really do appreciate your time today.
0: Yes, likewise. Thank you, Nathan.
1: All right. Thank you. And take care.